When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I could just see a news article, you know, group stranded for a week and a half on Wizard <laughs> Island. I think from Wizard Island, you could almost swim to the shore. I don't know. And I would be looking forward to that because the the lake is only 17,000 feet deep. And about 38 and degrees. And old man is chasing us across the lake. Yeah, this is why I don't want to I don't want to go to Wizard Island. This is the Dear Bob and Sue podcast, our stories of adventures and misadventures as we travel to all the U.S. national parks and other public lands. I'm Karen Smith. And I'm Matt Smith. We're the authors of the Dear Bob and Sue series of books. On today's episode, we're talking about Crater Lake National Park in Southern Oregon. If you do nothing but stand on the rim of Crater Lake and gaze into its sapphire blue waters, it will be worth the trip. But fortunately, there are other fun things to do in the park that we'll be discussing today, like hiking, boat tours, fishing, biking, and swimming. All while gazing at the bluest, deepest, most pristine lake you might ever see. Is that it? Is that all you have to say? (laughs) Actually, no. There's a lot more to say about this spectacular place. Coming up next. Coming up next. Okay. It's coming up next, folks. <laughs> I hope I don't get confused today because this episode is our third volcano park in the Pacific Northwest episode. Are you going to are you worried that you're going to get confused and talk about another volcano or what? Well, because of I, all the volcanoes that you yes. know about. Oh, that's right, you're a volcanologist. <laughs> <laughs> we still have to get that framed. <laughs> My certificate yeah. from American Samoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this one is about Crater Lake in Southern Oregon. And if I accidentally say something about Mount Rainier or Mount St. Helens, that would be confusion on my part. Today is Crater Lake. <laughs> A lot of times when we go to these magnificent jaw-dropping places mm-hmm. in the national parks, sometimes you'll see a site that you've seen in a photo somewhere and it just doesn't match up, right? The mm-hmm. photo looks so much better. But then there are other places that when you go and see the thing in person, it's even more magnificent than the photo. Like, for instance, Havasu Falls was like that. It right. was incredibly blue. And Crater Lake is one of those places 
when you are looking at the lake from the rim, it looks like a National Geographic cover. It doesn't look real. It doesn't. It's so, the color of the water is so blue, and it's just such a, a jaw-dropping <laughs> sight. I used to think when I saw photos of Crater Lake that maybe that blue color had been enhanced on the photo and it wasn't real, but it actually is. And you know, there's a scientific reason why it's so blue, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you like me to tell you what you, it is? <laughs> do you now have a science channel show also? How do you have so much time to I, do all of these shows, I Karen? am busy. I am just busy all the time. <laughs> okay, I have a lawn mowing show. <laughs> where they film me mowing the yard because it's springtime and I'm mowing the yard every other day. <laughs> that sounds fascinating. Uh-huh. Uh, but back to the lake. The reason it's so blue is because of its great depth and clarity. So Crater Lake is almost 2,000 feet deep. And sunlight is able to penetrate deep into the water. So the depth absorbs many of the longer rays and reflects the shorter rays of the white light spectrum. Now, I'm sure you know that red light is the longest wavelength. Well, I knew that. I was going to mention, what about the red light? Because those are the longest wavelength. And those get absorbed. Oh, okay. But you know that. Makes, that-, <laughs> that makes total sense. Violet and blue light are the shortest wavelengths, right? And so those get scattered and reflected back to us, causing the lake to be its famous crater lake You're blue. Making- Okay, listeners, you're, you, she made all of that up. No, I didn't. You fact check it if you want to. Okay, well, fact check this. <laughs> Did you know that Crater Lake was formed 7,700 years ago, almost 8,000 years ago? So there was this violent eruption, and it triggered like this collapse of the volcano. It was 12,000 feet tall at, at the time. It was called Mount Mazama. And it was the largest eruption of all of the Cascade volcanoes during the last million years. And then this explosion caused it to collapse and form a caldera, which then formed the lake, which is fed by rain and snowmelt. There's no other source of water, which is pretty amazing given the volume of water in it. So the caldera is six miles wide. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It is. It's huge. And... It's also the deepest lake in the USA, the US of A. The US of A. And I've read two different things. I've read that it's the seventh deepest lake in the world, and I've also read that it's the ninth deepest lake in the world. So I'm not sure which source is correct, but it is a very deep lake. Also, as you said, because it's fed by rain and mostly snow, it's one of the most pristine and clearest lakes in the world. Oh, yeah, because well, down at the bottom there are the, all the red light wavelengths. <laughs> <laughs> Are down at, down at the bottom. That's they, right. They've sunk to the bottom of the lake. <laughs> and it's reflecting the shorter violet blue, and blue light. Blue in color, yeah. <laughs> so Crater Lake became a national park in 1902, and the park is 183,000 acres. And if you're going to go to this park, you have to remember that it's at elevation. I know we say that a lot, but mm-hmm. when I say at elevation, the surface of the lake is 6,000 feet. And then the rim around it is anywhere from seven to 8,000 feet. So it's up at altitude. The temperature can be cooler. The, the air is thinner. And we'll talk about this in a little bit. The weather up there 
is pretty extreme. I oh. mean, winter lasts pretty much forever up there. <laughs> That's right. It's one of the There's snowiest. There's a couple days in the summer where it's, <laughs> where it's sunny and warm. Yeah, we will talk about that in a minute. But I think that's one of the things that makes Crater Lake so beautiful is that when you're viewing it, you are at some point along the rim, as you said, you're you're standing at seven to 8,000 feet and you're looking down into the caldera, looking at this beautiful lake with these mountains rimming the edge of it. So it's absolutely stunning. And one of the things that makes it interesting when you're looking at this lake, it's not just this one big, huge pool of water. There's, there's an island in the middle, mm-hmm. Wizard Island. And it's 763 feet tall. It's a little cinder cone. Mm-hmm. Not a little. It's, it's, it's big. <laughs> and there's another island, a smaller one, closer to the east side of the lake. Yeah, so there's Phantom Ship Island. And that's a, a very small island that has these tall rock formations that rise up about 160 feet. And it looks like a sailing ship. Um, And what they say is that in different weather conditions, this island can completely disappear or sometimes, you know, it's surrounded by fog and it looks ghostly. And that's how it got its name, uh, Phantom Ship Island. Seeing that rock formation from different angles, you you can see how it kind of does look like a ship. But (laughs) but there is another thing in the lake, which I think this is super cool. (laughs) Maybe the only one, but it's called the old man of the lake. And this is a tree stump floating in the lake. Now you might wonder like, why would you be so excited about a tree stump? Why Matt? Why are you so excited about a tree stump? (laughs) Because first of all, it's floating perpendicular. So it's not floating, you know, flat like you can see the whole log. All you're seeing is the top four feet of it just poking up. Like it's the head of this old man. Like Mm -hmm. it's like an iceberg. So it's straight up and down. And they know that it's been floating there for at least 100 years. That's when it was first spotted. That's right. Yeah, first spotted. Mm -hmm. And so they've done some studies and there was a biologist who believes that that stump is at least 450 years old. That is pretty cool. Yeah, so I, yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah, so he floats around the lake, and I think he makes pretty good mileage because <laughs> they see him everywhere. Um, he gets around. He gets around. And so the old man of the lake is um, is a hemlock tree stump, and this stump is pretty big. Four feet of it rises above the lake, but then it, it descends another 30 feet down into the lake. So this is a big stump we're talking about here. It is. Uh, it's a cool thing, but also there's there are boats in the water. That have to know not right. not to hit this thing because right. that and could do some damage. It's a pretty big tourist attraction as far as the boats go. I think I think the boats are looking for the old man oh, of the lake and, and they're going out and they're, they're showing finding. everybody because yeah. it's a cool thing to see. Um, but there's a lot of superstition around this um, old man. I did read that the lake biologist like 20 years ago actually towed it to Wizard Island and tied it up once. And then immediately after that, this huge storm came oh, through yeah. and all hell broke loose. And they thought it was because they tied up the old man, yeah. so they let yeah, him go. Don't, don't, don't be doing that. <laughs> all, right. the, and then the red light all came up from the bottom of the lake, and the, the, the lake turned red. Right, but it's very cool because why hasn't he sunk? Why hasn't he eroded? And how does he stay balanced? All mysteries of oh, the so old man just, of the you're lake. You're just asking the questions. You don't have answers. To I do any not of this? have answers to any of those. Okay. 
So um, so if you look at a map of Crater Lake National Park, you'll see that the entrances to the park, they have one on the north, they have one on the south, and they have one on the west. But as we have said, it's one of the snowiest places in the United States. So the north entrance and the rim drive close for the season with the first big snowstorm or on November 1st, whichever one comes first. Really, the only developed area on the rim, the rim drive, is this rim village. Uh, it's got some historic buildings. It's on the southwestern edge of the lake. And uh, they built these structures in the 1920s and 30s up there. There's now a, the rim village cafe, and there's a gift shop. There's a cool little visitor center, National Park Visitor Center, and there's the Crater Lake Lodge. Yes, we'll be talking about Crater Lake Lodge uh, a little bit later in the episode. Yeah, that's a beautiful area. They have um, there's a picnic area. There's some scenic viewpoints. They have this cool community house where they have park ranger programs. So you definitely want to check out the Rim Village when you when you're visiting. Yeah, um, it's not it's not a huge area, mm-mm. but uh, has some interesting buildings. So now let's talk about when to go visit okay, Crater Lake. <laughs> let's let's talk about that. I think the most popular months are July, August, and September. What do you think? (laughs) I would say if you want to see the entire park, that's when you need to go. July, August, and September. All of it? You have to go all those months? Uh, Well, Or any time in there? Gosh, wouldn't it be nice to be there for three months? I'd I'd take that gig. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So if you go in May, you know, I know a lot of people travel in May and June, but just, just so you know, I saw on the website, if you go in May, the average monthly snowfall is 20 inches, and the average snow depth at the headquarters is still more than six feet. And it's still getting really cold at night. The average nightly low temperature is 28 degrees. And this is May. Yeah. And it gets a little bit better in June, but not not that much. <laughs> I mean, again, we're talking about seven to 8,000 feet in elevation. So it stays wintry well into June. Mm-hmm. Yes, the average nightly low temperature in June is 34 degrees. So you're gonna, if you're going in June, you're gonna want to pack a down jacket and some gloves. Uh, but I think summer officially kicks in about mid July. Yep. So July, August, and September are great. But it is open all year round, and and people go in the winter. We've been there in the winter. Mm-hmm. You can go up. Uh, the South Gate is open. Uh, you can snowshoe. You can cross country ski. There are some ranger-led snowshoe hikes. Uh, I think those are on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And with that, do they provide snowshoes for free? Yep. So that's a great thing to try with no expense to you. It's all free. And then up there, the rim drive that's closed. But in in the winter, it then becomes a trail for snowshoeing. Mm Snowmobiling is allowed, but only at the north entrance of the park. So it is not allowed anywhere in the south where these other um, activities are occurring. But remember when we went, we went one time in the winter and Crater Lake is really not easy to get to from anywhere. And yeah. we we happened to be driving through Oregon and we decided to take a detour because we've always wanted to see Crater Lake in the winter surrounded by snow. One note we didn't mention is that Crater Lake almost never freezes because it's so deep so that you always see this blue, blue lake. But then Wizard Island's covered in snow and the surrounding rim is in snow. Anyway, that's what we went to see. You wanted to get the photo of that. Yes. Because we've seen pretty cool photos. Mm -hmm. One thing to remember about all of the Pacific Northwest in the winter, there's a lot of fog and low clouds. Well, in this case, it's clouds at 8,000 feet. And it can be clouded in often. 
Uh, so we drove up there in February, <laughs> wanted to get this photo. We couldn't see three feet in front of us. Oh, my god! So there was no view of the lake. And that's a fairly common thing at Crater Lake during the winter and you know, really anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. A lot of a uh, lot of clouds. Yes. And they do have on the National Park Service Crater Lake website, they do have a um, live webcam that you can look and see. The problem is, unless you happen to be within an hour's drive, it's not going to do you any good, right? Because um, it's hard to plan to go there at such short notice. But you can, it's fun to look at the webcam and see what the lake looks like on any given day. So, Karen, if we were going to the park, what what are the things you can do in the park? So we're talking about summer now, right? Yeah. We've moved the, on from the winter. Yeah. So in <laughs> summer, what would you do? OK, well, if you would if you want to swim in that beautiful lake, which is pretty cold, by the way, there's only one place where it's safe and legal to get down to the lake shore to swim. And that's called the Cleetwood Cove Trail, um, which usually opens mid to late June. So this trail is about a little over a mile long, and it drops nearly 700 feet down to the lake shore. That's a pretty steep trail, 700 feet and mm-hmm. o- over 1.1 miles. Our standard for steep, steep trails is is a thousand feet a mile. So it's you know it's a little less than that. But you're you're going to be huffing and puffing, and, and you want to be in pretty good shape to to do that. Another thing you can do in this national park is you can fish. Uh, so I read that fish are not native to the lake. They were introduced way back from the years 1888 to 1941. And they originally stocked six species of fish, but now only two have survived. And that would be rainbow trout and kokanee salmon. I guess you don't need a license to fish. As a matter of fact, they encourage people to fish. Are they trying to like, yeah. get rid of all the fish? I think they are trying to, since they're not native, I think they yeah. would like to get rid of all the fish. So, no, yeah, no license is required and no limit. There's no limit. You can catch Just, as many yeah. as you want. So. <laughs> Good load, load the truck <laughs> up with right. fish. Let's everybody go fishing at Crater Lake and get those fish out of there. <laughs> We've never been fishing. No. We don't, I, know how I, to do, we don't know how to do that. No, but Matt, if we want to learn, here's one more note. Yes. They said that you are not allowed to use live bait because they don't want anybody to introduce any other species into the lake. So we'll have to buy... Dead, dead bait? Well, no. What What is it, like fake worms? Is that what you buy? Okay. I don't know. Artificial. Clearly, <laughs> we are going to be getting emails from people. From fishermen. From and fishermen. <laughs> Maybe we should just stop talking right now about fishing. Uh, so our thing, our favorite thing. thing Other to, than fishing. Yeah. Our thing to do in the park is, is hiking. And Crater Lake uh, National Park has 90 miles of trails. So we thought we just mentioned briefly our top three hikes. What are they? They're Garfield Peak. So we do this from the logs if we stay there, or, or you can just park in the logs parking lot. And it's about, what, a three and a half mile round trip. It's got maybe a thousand feet of elevation gain. It's a fairly short hike, but it has really great views of the lake. Oh my gosh, spectacular views. That's one of our favorite hikes of all. I think we've done that three or four times now. Uh, So another great hike is Watchman Peak. 
that's only about 1.7 miles round trip and 500 feet of elevation gain. But it takes you up to to the peak's historic fire lookout, which was built in 1932. And unlike a lot of parks, they still staff this lookout with rangers during the fire season. I didn't know that. I didn't mm-hmm. know there was any uh, ranger-staffed fire lookouts left. That's I interesting. didn't either. And then there's also Mount Scott. We've done that a, a few times. Also takes you to a fire lookout. Now, that one goes up to almost 9,000 feet, about 4.2 miles round trip, 1,250-foot elevation gain. Um, so it's moderately strenuous. Yes. I love that one, too, though. And that fire lookout that it takes you to, the couple times we've been up there, it's been locked, and there hasn't been a ranger in there. But I read that it's also ranger staff sometimes as well. And we have seen forest fires from that fire lookout before. So it, you can see how it's a, a great vantage point to spot fires. So let's move on to the boat tours. There, there are two different kinds of boat tours. One of them is the shuttle to Wizard Island, and there are two daily sailing times, and it drops you off at the island for about three hours. Yeah, I, I, I like that. <laughs> I, I, I like being dropped off <laughs> on an island in the middle of... <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of a mountain lake. So. I know, which which is why we have never done that because no, I, I can never talk you into I going. Don't, I don't like the idea of being dropped off and, yeah, we'll come and get you later. <laughs> like, I, I, what do you think is going to happen? What, ha- what if something <laughs> happens to the captain of the boat or the, <laughs> the boat has some propeller problem or something? I could just see... A news article, you know, group stranded for a week and a half on Wizard <laughs> Island. <laughs> I think from Wizard Island, you could almost swim to the shore. <laughs> I don't know. And <laughs> I would be looking forward to that because the the lake is only 17,000 feet deep. And about 38 and degrees. And there's old man that's <laughs> chasing us <laughs> across the lake. Yeah, this is why I don't want to... I don't want to go to Wizard Island. I know you don't, and we never have done it, but I think it looks fun. Now, one thing to do on Wizard Island, there is a hiking trail, and you can hike to the top of the island. And Wizard Island has its own little crater. So this hike is 2.2 miles round trip, 700 feet elevation gain. And you know what's really cool about that? What? You're looking down into this crater while you're actually standing in the middle of a much bigger crater. <laughs> and that blew your mind, did it? <laughs> when you when you realized that? I think it's mind blowing. I, That's another reason I want to go. Okay. <laughs> Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. 
Find Reese's now at a store near you. But for people who don't want to be trapped, there's the lake cruise, and we also haven't done that. No, we haven't done any boat tours mm-hmm. on the lake because I, I would rather fish. <laughs> I just like to sit on the shore and fish. But now the lake cruise, it's about a two-hour ranger onboard tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do it six times a day. That's so right. There's a lot of time. Buy your tickets ahead of time. Yeah, and maybe you'll be lucky and you'll see the old man. I was going to say the old man of the sea, but yeah. it's not. It's the old man of the lake <laughs> floating around. <laughs> Chasing the swimmers. Yeah. Now, one note for for both of these, the shuttle and the lake cruise. To board these boats, you have to be able to hike down this Cleetwood Cove Trail that we already mentioned. Uh, again, it's a little over one mile down, 700 feet elevation change. So you have to hike down because that's where you board the boats. And then you have to hike back up. Do they have ambulances waiting in the parking lot for for (laughs) They should. (laughs) The other thing, too, is, and this is another reason we haven't done this, is because where you access the boats is located on the north side of the park. And we're usually on the south side. Usually we've stayed at Crater Lake Lodge. So to drive to the north side... You need at least an hour, I think the park website says, to allow 90 minutes. So just to get there, then you do the hike down, then you do the many hours at Wizard Island. So this is kind of an entire day's activity. It's a time commitment. Mm -hmm. And I would take a backpack filled with food and water just in case you're (laughs) stuck on the island for a week. (laughs) That's right, and your toilet to go. Ah. For sure. <laughs> Sweeten the pot there. Okay. <laughs> okay. So in addition to swimming, fishing, hiking, boat tours, there is the beautiful scenic drive along the rim. And that is the historic 33-mile rim drive that goes completely around the lake. We've done that before a mm-hmm. couple of times. It does take longer than you would think. Oh, 33-mile mm-hmm. drive. How long could that take? Well, it, you should probably figure on at least a couple hours Well, yeah, to, to do that. And there's a lot of overlooks. There's like 30 overlooks. Right. And that takes a lot of time because yeah. you want to stop and go right. and take pictures. And both sides of the rim drive, east and west, are typically open from July through October. So another reason to go in the summer. Now, if you don't want to drive yourself, there is a trolley. It's like a trolley. <laughs> Why do I always think of like Mr. Rogers? Yeah, I don't know. There's a trolley captain. <laughs> okay, we're not making okay, fun so of it. No, I'm, we're not making fun I'm of sure the captain. I'm sure it's great. I'm no, sure I the think captains, it would be. But I'm just wondering, how do you get the designation captain for driving a trolley? <laughs> like, is that well, different than a bus? Because I don't remember a lot of bus captains. No, there's but a, maybe there's a special test you have to take, a driving test. Trolley and, captain? Yeah. Each of these trolley tours last two hours, and they have a park ranger on board telling you all kinds of stories and park history and and that kind of stuff. And again, the trolley runs from about July through mid-September. Do you have to salute the captain? (laughs) Do you have to do whatever the captain says when you're on the trolley? Yes, yes. (laughs) All right, we're going to do the trolley. When, (laughs) When we drive around the rim... I'm the captain of our truck. Oh, gosh. I would like... In your dreams, you're the captain. I would like the level of respect (laughs) that is typically afforded a captain. Whenever we're in the truck, I think we should just uh make that a Smith family (laughs) policy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's mention really quickly biking. A lot of bicyclists do the same rim drive. Um, mountain biking, Crater Lake only has one dirt road where mountain biking is allowed. 
and they do not offer any single track mountain biking trails. So Matt, what's our favorite thing to do as far as activities? Sit (laughs) and look at the lake. We like to sit on the back porch of the lodge, Mm -hmm. preferably with a beer, (laughs) sit in the uh, rocking chairs, put our feet up on the legs and just look at the lake. And if you're there at night, watch the stars. That's right. As we've said before about all these lodges, even if you don't have reservations, you definitely need to go in and take a look at uh, Crater Lake Lodge and check out the view from the back porch. And, you know, I think anyone is welcome to uh, have a seat there and take in this incredible view. Yeah, it does get crowded. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) And some people park themselves and never leave. Yeah. But I have found (laughs) if you stand and you stare at them, um, if you talk loud, yeah. Matt Smith uh, making uh, friends in the national parks. Obnoxious behavior, they usually <laughs> leave pretty quick. So, speaking of staying in the park, let's talk about camping and lodging. All now. right, let's do that, Karen. Okay. Campgrounds, there are two of them. They're only open in the summer, of course. Mazama, the mm-hmm. Mazama campground, it's mm-hmm. got over 200 sites. They've got both tents, uh, sites for tents and RVs. Now, in June, it's first come, first serve, but then July through September, all of those sites have to be reserved in advance. That's right. Now, the other campground is much smaller, Lost Creek Campground. It only has 16 tent sites, and that one is always first come, first served. So we mentioned Crater Lake Lodge. The other lodging in the park would be the cabins at Mazama Village. And they have 40 rooms. Now, Mazama Village is located about seven miles south of the Rim Village. So these cabins are not on the Rim. There is no view of the lake. And I read the operating dates for this year for 2021 are May 21st through September 26th. And then there is the Crater Lake Lodge. It has 71 rooms uh, that overlook the lake. Now, not all of the rooms overlook the lake. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) as we know, uh, and in 2021, this year, uh, those rooms are open from May 14th through October 10th. So we have had the pleasure of staying in this historic lodge a few times. And we talked about one of those stays on our fourth episode, our favorite park lodges. So right now we're going to put in a clip from that episode talking about a particularly memorable visit. Lake is incredible to see. And Crater Lake Lodge is right on the rim that overlooks the lake. It's a beautiful setting. Oh my gosh. You know, the lake, Crater Lake, is this incredible shade of blue that I've never seen any place else. It looks fake. It's so pretty. And and the lodge is situated to take in the views of the lake. And there are rocking chairs on the back porch that you can sit in. Oh my gosh. It has to be one of the most stunning settings I've ever seen. So the lodge opened in 1915, although they started building it in 1909 because it's at elevation and the winters are so harsh that they only could build for like three or four months each year. So 1909 mm-hmm. to 1915 finally opened it. And it's just a beautiful site. Like, like Karen said, Crater Lake had become a national park in 1902, but the lodge itself was privately owned until the 60s. Right, until 1967, uh, the National Park Service finally bought it. And, you know, at that point, 
It had been sitting on the rim for over 50 years. And, you know, in the winter, they get up to 15 feet of snow and it's a really harsh climate. So this inn had deteriorated to the point where it was literally falling down. Yeah, I think they contemplated just taking it down, just demolishing it. And then I think with the help of some locals and some interest in people who had had fond memories of the logs, they decided that they were going to fix it up instead of destroy it, which which is fantastic because it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great historical place. And it shows you what public outcry can do. That is a very beloved inn. So they started a huge rehabilitation project in 1991, um, and they spent $15 million to basically stabilize and redo everything, every single piece of it. They took it apart and rebuilt it. And then in May 1995, it reopened to the public. Yeah, we stayed there again on our original journey to all the national parks that we wrote about in Dear Bob and Sue. We stayed there and I'm going to sound like the complainer of the two of us because... <laughs> well, well I, if the shoe I, fits. I, I booked a room <laughs> that had a lake view. And again, we uh-huh. go to our, we check in, we go to the room and... I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing a parking lot out the window. Well, that's right, because the window faced the side, not the back where the views were. Yeah. So you pointed out that if I opened the window and stuck my head out, I could turn it to the side, see Mm -hmm. the lake, which is kind of hard to do when Mm -hmm. you're trying to enjoy the lake views. Anyway, to make a long story short, we we went back to the front desk and asked if we could change. They said, no, we there's there are no other rooms with lake view. But tomorrow there is an opening. So mm-hmm. we were staying there for two nights. We said, okay, well, we'll just check out tomorrow and then recheck into the other room. Mm-hmm. No and big deal. Right. I will point out in your defense, because I remember when you booked it and you asked me, you said, should we pay more money to get a Lakeview room? And I said, yes, I think it would be worth it. So, you know, that's kind of the point is we paid a lot yeah. more for and a Lakeview room. And, and we were, have a room, a we view. were, we were looking at the parking lot. So anyway. We are complainers. Yeah. <laughs> so the next day we check out, we put all our luggage in, in our truck and went for a hike. And we went for that hike that you can go from the lodge. It's a beautiful hike. And it was also summertime. So it was pretty warm. And as it turned out, when we came back, it was still too early to recheck in. So we go to the great room and they were serving hors d'oeuvres and drinks there. So we had a beer and I think we had not drank enough water from the hike because we were again we were in a up at elevation and sweating a lot so we ended up somehow ordering too many beers Uh of which we then drank them all Uh and then now it was time to check in so given that we were dehydrated we had a couple of beers that we didn't we weren't planning on drinking uh so we were in a good mood Uh when we went to recheck in and the woman she gives us the keys to our room and i look at the key i think there was two of them that Mine said 508, and we both had our luggage, and I gave you your key, and you said, I'm going to take the elevator. And I said, well, I'm just going to walk up the stairs. I'll meet you on the fifth floor. All right, so I go up the elevator, and I noticed when I got in that there were only buttons up to the fourth floor. So I, you know, hit the fourth floor button. And, you know, a lot of times in these old hotels, that's typical. 
Uh, sometimes you have to take an elevator, then go to another elevator or take the stairs or whatever. So I got off at the fourth floor. And at that point, Matt was coming up the stairs to the fourth floor. So we walked around looking for access to the fifth floor. And we could not find a stairwell and we could not find another elevator. So we were very confused. So we went back to the elevator, took it down to try to figure out how do we get to the fifth floor. Yeah. Then we get to the front desk and there's all sorts of other people checking in. And so we found a a bellboy and we, I showed him the key. I said, can you tell us where, to, how do we get to the fifth floor? He goes, there's no fifth floor. <laughs> the hotel doesn't have a fifth floor. <laughs> and um, he flips the key over and he goes, no, you're in room 314. 508 is like the PO box of where you, you know, if you put the key in the mailbox because you, you accidentally took it home with you. So that made a lot more sense. So we go to mm-hmm. 314. We have our luggage. It's hot. I remember I was sweating. And you open the door and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm behind you. You're going in the door first. And, right. and I try to get in the door and like almost fall over you because you had stopped. So I opened the door and I just remember the first thing that went through my mind was right in front of me was a window with a beautiful view of the lake. Yeah, and great, I thought, there is our That's lake view. Thank you. Lake God. you were looking for. But then, like one second later, I could see motion out of the corner of my eye and I looked to the left. And there on the bed were two naked people who had sort of at this point. Which I did not pay extra for. No. And at this point, they had sort of sat up and clutched the sheets and looked at me with horror in their eyes. So I fell backwards into Matt, slammed the door. And I, what did I yell? Like run, you said run. (laughs) And I didn't even know why we were running because I didn't see any of this nakedness. Because I was afraid they were going to come after us. Naked. Of course, they're going to run after us naked. So that was an irrational thought, but we had had a few beers. We had, and you didn't see the look on their face. No, I I didn't. Well, I know. I didn't see anything. So we we ran to the elevator, you know, we're punching the button and punching the the down button. I think I went down the stairs. So I go to the, I go back to the front desk and I give him the keys and I said, you know, there are people, I didn't explain, well, I I don't think I told him that, Um, that seemed like confidential information at that time. But I said, there are people in our room and and the woman looks at the keys and she says, this isn't your room. Why do you have those keys? And I'm thinking... Maybe it is me at this point. <laughs> like I didn't go back to the back behind the desk and just like choose any keys. They they had given me these keys. Mm-hmm. So just, your room is 212. At that point, I was a little gun shy. Yeah. Tired so, of going up and down the stairs right. too. And let's recap. So now we have standing there. We so we have the bellboy who thinks we're complete idiots because there is no fifth floor. He had, he had valid reason. Right. We we have the naked couple in room 314 who are sure are furious with us because we walked in on them. And we have the desk clerk who is accusing us of taking keys of, to of the wrong room. Keys. Yeah. I know. So it's going all really well we w- so far. All stuff we're capable of doing, but we didn't. <laughs> to make a long story short... It had an incredible view. Mm-hmm. And room rem- 212. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. I, and I remember the next morning we were laying in bed just looking out the window and it was, it was incredible. So Right. I was worried that we would run into the naked couple somewhere in the lobby or, or in the restaurant. We had dinner in the restaurant that night and I was looking around and I'm pretty sure I did see them. But because everyone had clothes on, I, I couldn't tell 100% sure it was them, but I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> All right. Enough of Crater Lake Lodge. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. 
I don't, I don't think the beers had anything to do with uh, that story unfolding the way it did. I don't think so either. I think even if we had been completely sober, we would have still thought there was a fifth floor and we still would have walked in on the naked couple. I don't see anything that's what different. Worries, yeah, that's what worries me the most is everything that we did. We probably would have done had we not had beers. Right. Unfortunately. <laughs> now, if you're not able to stay in the park, if the lodge and the campgrounds are full, the Crater Lake website has a listing of other places to stay outside the park. And they have a great list and they have everything from campgrounds to hotels and motels. Yeah, well, on one of our visits, we stayed, remember, we stayed at that motel uh, to the west. I forget what town it was. It was kind of a, it was a little bit of a drive from the park. And uh, yeah, first of all, can I say it was a really sketchy motel that you found and you booked? It was a little sketchy. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually pretty particular about these places. So I'm surprised that I would have booked it. But in these motel rooms, especially where you know the doors are open to the outside and the doors feel a little rickety, like it's <laughs> you could just push them open. In those kinds of motels, you always make me sleep on the side closest to the windows. <laughs> we, because because what is it? Because, <laughs> because so when, when the <laughs> bullets come flying into the room, you, you want them to hit my body first? Okay, that makes me sound really bad. Why are you okay. saying that? <laughs> because you say it every time. <laughs> now I want you on this side, so when the bullets come, come through the window, they hit you first. Okay, well, that's... <laughs> I didn't make okay, this maybe, up. You're right. I did say that, but of course I was joking. It's just like you're you're the protector, right? It's you're, a I, joke <laughs> that keeps. It's an ongoing joke. <laughs> Sometimes when you tell a joke over and over again, it stops being funny. But I, what I remember about that motel is we had taken a bunch of our stuff into the room, and I went back out to our car like an hour or two later and it was kind of getting dark and somebody had pulled in next to our car and when I went and and opened the back to get something out there was a man standing at the car next to me and he was rummaging around in his trunk and when I looked over (laughs) at him he was not wearing any pants (laughs) I I happened to be looking out the window as you're rummaging around in the back of the car. And I noticed the guy had no pants. Now, I'm thinking he's got really short shorts on or something something like that. So you come in and tell me the guy doesn't have any pants. He's still out there. So I go. You didn't believe me. I go out there, act like I'm looking for something in the back of our car. And he had a button-down shirt on, like a, you know, like With a. With like tails. That's yeah. What, and yeah. so, mm-hmm. so they, it went down pretty far but i kept looking i i saw no evidence of shorts even short shorts oh no i kept looking i don't think he had anything on i think he felt that his shirt was long enough that he was he was properly covered i guess maybe maybe he was uh, rummaging in around his trunk for his pants it could be i don't know but he was out there for a while was yeah yeah so that's the kind of place you booked for us matt so that's why i've taken over all of the all the bookings? all of the bookings from now on but why do i still have to sleep by the windows <laughs> well i don't book those the, kind of motels anymore yeah, the bullets come flying in <laughs> okay so that about wraps up our trifecta of the three volcano parks in the Pacific Northwest. But on our next episode, we're going to stay in the same area and we're going to talk about North Cascades National Park. 
Yeah, I love North Cascades National Park. That'll be a fun episode. I know. I, we have a lot to talk about on that one. But in the meantime, I would love to go back to Crater Lake again. And I, I still really, really want to do that shuttle boat trip to Whistler Island. <laughs> you can do that. I'll drop you off at the boat launch and then you could be trapped for three hours with the rest of the group. I will be at the lodge. <laughs> I will be sitting on the back porch having a beer, and then I'll just use my binoculars. I'll be watching you guys, you know, set up your your temporary government, elected electing the leaders, who they're going to eat first, and all, all that stuff. I'll be able to see that with with my binoculars. So enjoy that. If you see a signal fire uh-huh. and me waving, could you send help? Well, yeah. I mean, after they stop serving beer for the day. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning into this episode and a shout out to our listeners in Canada, our neighbors to the north. We are anxiously waiting for the border to reopen so we can visit some of your incredible public lands. As you head out on your summer vacations, you're going to need some good books to read, right? How about buying Dear Bob and Sue's seasons one through three? You can buy the Kindle version or the paperback on Amazon. Plus, it's also available as an audiobook, so you can listen to it on the road when you're not listening to our podcast. (laughs) That's right. A lot to listen to. Our show is produced by our amazingly talented team at Puddle Creative in Portland, Oregon. Our cover artwork is by the designers at Expert Subjects, and our theme music is by Will West. You know, people sometimes tell us that we should become park rangers, but now I know what an even better park job would be for you, Matt. An even better job than park ranger? What's that? Yes. A trolley captain at Crater Lake. Okay. Uh, Yes. I could... I would be a captain of anything as long as I get a uniform and a captain's hat and I can tell people what to do. Okay, but not me. (laughs) Oh, especially you. (laughs) 